0: Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Eve Horn. Eve, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Amy. Well, why are you here today? What is it we're going to be talking about?
1: So I would love to talk about um, my campaign for the equality of women in the music industry and how I guess I came about it and and the reason why I'm doing it.
0: (laughs) Sounds great. And
1: you're wearing a T-shirt saying, I am one of the unheard. That's correct. Um, The campaign is called We Are the Unheard, and it's basically to raise awareness for the equality of women in the music industry, because the statistics are so dire. Um, They're very, very low, uh, especially, you know, in the day and age that we live in now. So, for instance, producers uh, are only at three percent. They've only just bumped up to three percent globally. Uh, female producers that are recognised within the music industry, and it's the same for you know. I think songwriters and singers are are obviously a lot more, but but songwriters are I think are around thirteen uh, percent. DJs as well are are really. I mean, there's a lot more female DJs than there are you know female producers, but still the percentage is awful. And we've seen a massive rise at the moment coming out of the situation that we've been in that all of the upcoming festivals have zero women on their lineup again. And so it's it's across the board. You know, if you look at board members, I think it's like zero to 4% of women in in the music, in, like music industry businesses, uh, zero to 4% are women and zero to 2% of those are women of color. So it's uh, something very dear to my heart uh, and something that I'm on a mission to change.
0: And on a messenger change, how are you challenging this sort of systemic bias in the system?
1: So my my aim is to obviously create a t-shirt campaign and make it visible. And what I'm doing is I am um contacting people, trying getting them to buy a t-shirt. Once they've bought a t-shirt, um, I then interview each female and talk to them about their journey in the industry being a woman and so and then once I've interviewed them, I'm hoping to publish uh, a beautiful, you know, photo book uh of all of their stories. Um and then all the proceeds go back into training young women and in production and songwriting. So I'm hoping it comes full circle. The 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 practical thing that I'm doing my for myself that I can do is to retrain young women through you know, selling the T-shirts and the book. Uh, The other things that I'm doing is to making sure other people are taking action too. So I'm talking to universities around their prospectuses and how they can start inviting younger women into their courses just by the way they promote things. I held an amazing event on International Women's Day where I had some fantastic male Master in Engineers support me on that day who think that the campaign is great. And we were discussing things like how they can be allies to women in the industry, how they can also be mentors to upcoming women, people of their calibre. And for me, that's huge, um, that people that are in the industry at that level can physically do something to to help upcoming young women and they can help change the narrative in the industry because the other discussion we have is you know male behavior within the studio recording studio environment you know what is stopping these women from getting further because the, the difference between now and when i studied to be a sound engineer nearly 20 years ago is there are a lot more women but they're not being seen or heard they're not in positions that they should be in so we're asking why is that because there's definitely not a lack of female producers now there's definitely not a lack of female engineers but we're still not seeing them so what is happening um and yeah I'm I'm basically I've put myself in the firing line and I'm going to be the one who screams and shouts until you know even if I have to wear this in my coffin I'm not going to stop Um, because not a lot of people have the confidence to speak up you know and it's important that someone like me is visible for them and gives them a voice
0: and there's an irony that you're talking about giving people a voice
1: in an industry that is
0: all about sound
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's so true. Um, I just, one of the questions that um, I ask people when I'm interviewing them uh, is, is the problem society or is it male behaviour? And me personally, I think it's um, it's a combination of the two. So if you look at the way society has kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, conditioned us. So if you look at the way society has conditioned us over centuries as men and women, let's just take that as a separate thing without having music into it. It means men have to be very strong, don't express their feelings, breadwinners, you know, the ones who get the jobs, go forward. The women sit back, look after the kids, care for everyone, you know, aren't really heard, don't say much and just get on with it and and get, take the cards they're dealt, okay? Over years and years and years, that has changed. We have, you know, we've got a lot more level, you know, as men and women, we've, we're very much more fluid. But subconsciously, the behavior is still there. So let's take, for example, if you have a man and a woman who go into uh, an interview situation, and a man is leading that interview process, they will. The, the two guys will genu- generally have some subconscious affiliation with each other, and the woman will start to slowly feel less than. And no one even has to say anything. It's a physical thing that happens, and no one knows they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? So it's this subconscious thing that's still ingrained in us. And when a uh, you know, if you put that in a music situation. It's a similar thing. If, you, if you're a female and you're in a studio environment and there's loads of guys, you're going to feel intimidated instantly. And the other thing that I always say is it's not just for women to have the conversation with men. Men that are in these positions need to have conversations with other men about their behaviour. And it needs to come from a place of love, not aggression. I think, you know, we need to educate and and do this together because it's not something... That only you know women can deal with. I think, you know, we when it comes to being creative, the music should speak first, you know, and we should be able to feel comfortable. If you want to rock up in a studio in heels as an engineer, or if you want to wear baggies, that should be completely up to you, um without having to feel any way for it.
0: I completely get the the campaign, and I understand the, the perspective here, and I. I Obviously, it's not just music that this is an issue in, but this is where you're focusing your attention. And the statistics that you mentioned at the beginning were shocking, to be quite frank. I had no idea that, you know, 3% globally is, is the case. It's, and, and then as you you referenced it, the women, women of colour is even less, you know, it's, it's crazy. So what is the... The, the stopping point. I mean, you you think it, it could be the environment, but what else is stopping the escalation or or even the, the the sort of progression in the industry of women?
1: So when it comes to anything techie, you know, as as artists, there's in, there's more than enough women. That's not the issue, and probably because you know it's a very different field to an engineer or a producer. Uh, because it's a performance field, it's all about you know it's it's sexualized it's it's all of this stuff, so we fit in great <laughs> um, I think it's a mixture of of young women being scared to enter the environment in the first place uh or or just just feeling like it's it's not an option so there's there's multiple things so when you've got you know young young women coming up from school um they're not going to really know it's an option for them. And if they do, they will probably quite quickly brush it off because it's a male-dominated environment. Um, And if they don't, they might get, you know, told not to do it by friends or whatever because it's a male-dominated environment. And these are the stories that that we're hearing. So I think it's a mixture of that. And then, you know, when I went to uni and studied uh, sand engineering, I was one of six women in the whole year. And I was the only one of colour. So I think unless you've got a strong personality or a really strong kind of belief in yourself, that that's exactly what what you want to do with life. And not everyone has that when they're younger. Do you know what I mean? Um, people wouldn't even consider it as an option, I don't think. And how did it become an option for you,
0: Eve? What was, how did you get interested in it to start with?
1: So I started in my career as a singer. I've always sung since I was a kid. Um, and then I got signed to my first record label after attending the Brit School. Um, I got signed to Polydor when I was 18, and then went on to to sign to EMI. It was after being an artist, I didn't really like the little bit of fame that I'd got. Um, and I'd I'd always been told I had a good ear. And and so I was like, do you know what? And and then also, when you're in the studio and you see the engineer on the other side and this huge mixing desk with all these buttons and lights, I was always like, what do they do? What do they do? And uh, and so, yeah, when I got got back to the UK, I, I was like, that's what I want to do because I still want to be in music. I, I It's part of who I am, but I don't want the fame side. I don't want the public side of it. And so I studied to, to, to do sound engineering. And, and that's kind of what drove me to it. And it wasn't until I did my dissertation on the lack of female sound engineers in the industry and realised I couldn't really do the dissertation properly because there was no information out there that I then went on to set up my own recording studio with one of the girls from uni to promote female producers and help disadvantaged young people. And we did that with the Prince's Trust and And so that that was kind of like when I first got that drive of things being really unbalanced and unfair and unequal. And I was like, "This isn't right because I knew how much I enjoyed being an engineer and a producer and and I was like, this it, surely there's other people that want to do this why Where are they?" And then I fast forwarded on twenty years. And not much has changed in that time. And, and that's why I, I really, that's what really kind of drove me to start the campaign. One, being in loads of different groups of, with women that are producers and stuff, but still no one really knowing that they are there because they just, you know, everyone's in their own little pods, but we're all, you know, trying to raise awareness for the same thing. And then the other question that I, I said to myself was, what can I do? It's all good me being in these groups, but what can I do physically to make change? Um, so I, I started the campaign.
0: And I like, I liked your sort of ability to switch tack. I mean, you you recognise that you love being in the music industry, but you didn't want to be forefront and, and centre stage and like the the public side of things. And yet now again, there is an irony that you're becoming more visible to to raise awareness of of yeah. the of the sort of attack that you've made. And you know I, lo- I love your sort of buttons and lights, you know, oh, all what, what's going on there, you know, they having that attraction to it with the, With your focus now, what can I do? And it is a case of what can I do? What do you want people who are listening to this to do?
1: I want people to think about their behaviour on a daily basis and just the way we act and just maybe think about times that they might have just brushed something off or took it as a, you know, um, a throwaway comment. You know, I guess, you know, as women, we do it all the time. We we go, oh, you know, we we accept certain comments that, we shouldn't be accepting at all. Um, I think men should really just, men and women, I say, not just men, think about their behaviour and what the way they act towards others. So, for instance, going in an environment, I need to be aware as a woman of what I'm going to put up with and what I'm not. And a male in that environment would need to be aware of the way he acts towards that woman is he being welcoming is he just you know seeing that woman for the talent that she has and the good engineer or producer that she is or is he looking her up and down or is he judging her or you know there's two different sides there's the sexual side and there's the I don't know who you think you are side you know that women get in these situations so i would really just i want people to educate each other in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind way, you know, um, because it's not about blame. Um, like I said, I think it, the situation that we're in now is, is a, a combination of multiple things. And I don't think, you know, it's solely on male behaviour. It's on women as well for accepting it for so many years. Uh, and we have to recognise that and it's OK to change it's absolutely okay you know we don't need to be aggressive in our change we don't need to do any of that but we need to remember that we're changing for the positive and we're changing to move forward and you know if we can change we can help other people by our behavior see that it's it's good so for instance um i recently had a little a chat with a young girl who saw me talk to a university and she asked if she could reach out to me because of something that I'd said. And then, so we we chatted privately and we had a really good conversation. She told me all the things that she was um, unsure of and insecure about, and I was able to give her some advice. And then she said that it was really nice because she resonated with me being a woman of colour and being gay. And then after our discussion, she said, I've actually inspired her to go on and do a PhD in 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 sound so that she can become a teacher and be a role model for other young up and coming women so that they can see that there are female teachers in in education. And I was just like blown away from that. And that is what I want to do. I want to make that change. And we can all do that by just having conversations and educating.
0: I hear this all the time, Eve, that there is a lack of role models for children when they're growing up and in different fields as well. You know, not just in the music field, but in in film and, you know, on screen, in, in writing, that there is a there's a bias and they don't see them and they don't they're not able then to imagine a world of where they could go. So you talk about your your PhD student and how she's inspired you, you've inspired her to take on that role of, of teaching, of going into being becoming that role model. How much of a role model is or how much of an effect is what you're doing with a campaign going to have? What ripple effects are you going to be making there?
1: So with my campaign, I've I've seen an amazing response uh, from men and women, um, and it's been really, really humbling um, because so many people have come back saying the same things, you know, I, this is amazing, I love what you're doing, we really need the change, it's so good. Um, like I've, you know, I've had my, huge mastering engineers in the UK, the US, buy my t-shirt to support it, men and women. Um, I have had so many guys actually say that they've come out and they've said, you know, how can we help? How can we, you know, help women feel more comfortable in the industry? Because, you know, there are guys that want it. And, And I guess it's the same with the whole Black Lives Matter thing, you know, being quiet and not saying anything is is part of the problem. So yeah, the campaign is is really helping i guess by making it visible people are able to see that changes is happening and me myself being gay, you know, being a woman of color, I'm from a council estate, you know, I'm just you know as as I'm me, you know, but What I'm doing is I'm being the visual for for people who might not think it's possible, you know. I've been had a great music career and I don't even play an instrument, you know. So I'm the person that is like, you don't need to play an instrument to be in music, to be successful at it. You don't need to come from money to succeed, to go to university, you know. You don't need to whatever it is i'm the i'm the kind of like the box ticker shall we say <laughs> but you know i was watching something yesterday um called the code it's on netflix um and it's about you know everything in the universe and the world and 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 uh and they talked about the butterfly effect so it's quite similar to the ripple effect you just mentioned by me starting this is changing lives by having the conversations we're changing people's opinions we're changing people's narratives we're changing people's subconscious yeah and they're gonna then talk to someone else we're starting conversations and by making the campaign visible we're keeping it present it's not going to go away this is like i said it's going to be a long-term thing that until we see the percentage of women in the industry and this isn't just women it's women with disabilities, it's women of colour, it's everything, you know, it needs to be at 50% or near there before this t-shirt comes off.
0: (laughs) You're reminding me, Eve, of the conversation I had a whole year ago, and it was with Keith Harris OBE, and he was concerned that it was going to be another false dawn that it was going to be a case of things weren't going to change things were just going to go back to where they were there'd be huge amounts of awareness in and he was talking about racism in in the music industry he was talking about people not having role models because that yes forefront there may be people of color but behind the scenes there weren't Okay, and he was talking about that and he was wanting to make those changes. And he wrote a letter to the captains of industry in music. And here we are almost a year on. Some things have changed, but not enough. And as you say, you know, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while, but it doesn't have to be that it takes generations. You know, you want to see this happen before that T-shirt you know, comes off, you, you definitely need to see that happen. <laughs> um, from the from the point of view of, of changing the conversations and or having the conversations and changing the subconscious and, and changing that narrative and not having another full storm, we want to see this. We want to see this make a difference. We want to see, as you say, it's not just in the music industry, but that's where your attention is focused. And absolutely, you have to do that. What else are you going to be doing? You are, you've got the campaign. What? How else are you going to be spreading this message?
1: So I'm very, very soon going to be starting a podcast and that is going to be called We Are The Unheard. And it's going to focus on absolutely everything that we have spoken about today. I, I think I listened to your episode um, with Keith and it was absolutely brilliant. And it really got me going um, because everything he said was so so true and we tend to just be in that moment and then forget and everything goes back to normal I'm not going away and with the podcast um I'm going to be tackling things like racism I'm going to be tackling things like disabilities I'm going to be tackling things like um, you know women in the industry of course that's going to be my main concern but all of the things that people don't like to hear and don't like to deal with but are causing such major issues you know in in our world in our society you know depression you know the way that it's just kind of not really dealt with and you know in the workplace you know women women um and pms the way that's not dealt with in the workplace, you know, it's just thrown under the carpet when we are actually physically going through real changes in our bodies, in our minds, in our emotions every single month. And it needs to be addressed. There needs to be something, you know, they don't need to be huge changes, but something like a manager taking it into account. It's not hard.
0: Now, and we've had some great conversations on Clubhouse talking about absolutely these subjects that do go under the radar that are supposed to to sort of be the things that we just deal with you know that we don't share and by sharing these conversations we have had some huge revelations amongst us being in the room and part of that is having a safe space to talk about it but also from from my perspective it was just some things I just didn't even know uh, were were the norm or didn't even know weren't the norm. You yeah. know, I've I've been really shocked, but just been having those conversations, my my bias has been sort of switched, or my or or I've, I've had more as I said, revelations about things. So I, I totally agree. It's about having those conversations and, and just opening up this whole new world to others, to see from a different perspective, to, to understand what the situation is. Because I'm sure that, that there may be a case of, with many of these, that people just don't even
1: recognise that there is a problem. Exactly. And I, it's, I remember being a kid and always saying to my mum, it's just not fair. It's not fair. I was physically hurt by things not being fair. That has not changed through my whole life. It hurts me when things aren't fair, um, and I know that you know we live in a world where it's just not possible for everything to be fair and equal. That's fine, but you know when when there are things that I want us to be connecting on a human level. You know, I think the problem with me is um, not with me, but the problem that that I have with with living in this world is the beauty that we can give other people just by the most basic things, just by being aware of the person next to us struggling with a bag, being aware of the lady who needs help upstairs with the pram and just helping. And and I think, like you said, the conversations we've had on Clubhouse have been fantastic. And the reason is, is because we've had time to listen. And hear each other with no judgment, no um, defensiveness. And it's been so beautiful and so profound and, and so human. It's been so, so beautiful. And we've learned. And the more we learn, no matter how big or small the thing is that we're learning, we're learning about other human beings that have all led different lives, come from all different backgrounds, had different experiences, but we learn and we become better. And then we can teach others to be better. And then our subconscious narrative will eventually change. And yeah, that's what I want this world to become. We have the, we have the power
0: yeah and and i'm just thinking about somebody maybe in 10 years time wanting to do a dissertation on on the the sound engineers in the business and they have got the data because it's there they've got all of those resources of people they can go to and and it won't be as much of a, an issue so tell me about the the growing up and how much that has shaped what it is that you're doing now and why you're doing it
1: so oh god do i start from like the very beginning <laughs> or, you know, so growing up, I've, I come from um, a council estate. Um, my mum was a single parent and, um, it was, you know, my nan was Irish. My granddad was Scottish. Uh, so we had a great upbringing, you know, lots of Celtic music, lots of reggae. So music was always um, an amazing influence in my life. But then You know, I went to a Catholic school and I was a minority there. Um, And also, you know, being brought up with my white side of the family, I was always different (laughs) from the rest of my family. You know, my sister's mixed as well, but she's lighter, a lot lighter than I am. So it was something, even though, you know, I love my family and whatever, I was still always different. And, you know, you still, I think being in a mixed family, you still always have that one uncle who's, who's the racist uncle, but you're all right, you know, and uh, th- there was all of that stuff to deal with. And then, you know, I think uh, this morning we were talking in Clubhouse about, um, you know, comparisonitis. And I think a lot of things uh, through my childhood has led me to draw, have so much drive and for success and to prove myself, whether that's because, you know, of the situations my mum has been through and wanting to make sure that she's proud of me or, um, making my family proud of me, you know? Um, so you end up going above and beyond. I, just before we had my daughter, I I had some CBT counseling, which I swear by everyone needs it. It's amazing. Um, that's a whole nother podcast that, you know, and I remember him saying to me, you know, one, what would you say to your daughter? And two, that I don't need to be that person anymore. I don't need to, I've done it over and over. I've proved myself and I don't need to. And it was the most beautiful release. I was like, oh my God, yes. Light bulb moment. And I was like, yeah, I don't. And it was great. Um, I mean, I could go into my whole childhood. um, You know, I've had a lot of loss. Um, I lost a, a boyfriend at, the age of 14, um, you know, we were, in inverted commas, girlfriend and boyfriend at that young age. But he was 15 and he was murdered by white people. Um, and we just had his 30-year anniversary quite recently. And uh, he, uh, I had to make a decision very young. Being brought up in a white family, my my black dad not being around or caring about me, and then having a black boyfriend who was murdered by white people. And there's me being mixed race, going like, what is happening? You know, and I very early on, you know, learned not to look at colour and realize there's just really horrible people in the world that make bad decisions, bad choices. And there are really good people in the world too. And from then on, yeah, I just, I, I dealt with people that, treated me fairly and nicely and I think that fed into why people were being so unfair because I never used to see myself I just see who I was as a person and could never understand why I was being treated the way I was I couldn't understand why it was so hard to get this person to understand that I want to do good or sorry. What have you touched on there Eve the struggle I think um, you know the constant having to prove myself um, just to get someone to to see my value um, and something similar recently literally happened yesterday as well where um, a friend of mine I won't go into too much detail, but I've been hired by a friend of mine and I'm someone who's very hardworking and I'll put my all into something and I assume people can see that and they know who I am. You know, I'm a very loyal person and um, I wasn't basically, that. you know, I'd been told not to come in or they hadn't contacted me for weeks and I was owed money. And, and no one was getting back to me i'd been calling calling asking for you know some information and and you know if if it's if it's the a thing where i'm not needed anymore and you know i can go on my merry way absolutely fine respect that decision but can someone give me some information because i'm stuck in limbo i haven't been paid and It wasn't until yesterday where I had to get to the point of if you do not call me and I have to bring this side of me out that that makes me go back to why do I bother being nice? Why why should I not just go back to being the person I was years ago when I was, you know, quite angry and, you know, wouldn't let anyone mess with me. And, you know, because I just feel like when I'm nice, people take the piss and, you know, once again, you know, is it, you know, my face don't fit or, and it took for me to, to to literally go to that side of myself and say to them, can you actually treat me like a human being? Your behavior is absolutely abysmal and I don't deserve it. And I'm really, really hurt that you're not, you know, treating, you know, put yourself in my shoes. It takes two minutes. And within five minutes, I got my payment and they they got back to me. And I was like, why do I have to go there? And it hurts, you know. And I get so frustrated and upset that I'm 44 and I'm still having these struggles that should be so simple to deal with. Um, And I think that's what it is because I have so much to give. Take
0: your time. You're okay.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, you're not the first, and you won't be the last. God. It's, it's wow. an emotion. It's always emotional. Yeah. You you you've heard a few. You heard Chris Leake's one. It, it, when you yeah. get to the
1: core of why, it's like whoa. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Okay. So just
0: just share with us what what it is that is has upset you when you're
1: talking about your purpose, your why. I think it, I think because I relate so closely to it all. The reason I'm doing it is because it's me. It's my story. And and it needs to change so that someone else doesn't feel the way that I do, you know. And I think having a little two year old daughter excuse me I look at her and I'm 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 like she is going to have the choices she's going to know that she can be anything she wants even if she wants to be a cleaner she's going to know she can be a sound engineer she's going to know she can be a pilot she's going to know she can be you know a mechanical engineer whatever it is she wants to be but she needs to know the choices there and and not in any way, shape, or form let anybody change her view on herself because of their insecurities, because of their unhappiness, you know. Um, and unfortunately, I've allowed that to to have a big influence in my life, um, and I'm aware of that, so you can't fully blame other people, you know. Um, you have to take responsibility for what you allow. And uh, although, you know, I did have depression and that played a part, but that's, again, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so I guess, yeah, the reason I'm doing this is because it, I'm, it's my story. It's my story. And, you know, when it comes to being a minority, I tick all the boxes and... <laughs> I want to give someone else an easier time. And what does it mean to know that you tick all the
0: boxes? What does it mean for you to live in a society where there are boxes that are being ticked?
1: I used to be really angry about it. I used to be really like, you know, because when it comes to ticking boxes, I used to be an other (laughs) because there was nothing for me to fit into. Um, I didn't fit into a box. And then when I, I remember applying for the fire brigade and they were like oh they're looking for women oh they're looking for women of color oh they're looking for gay women of color and I was just like well sign me up and lo and behold I got accepted but at the time I'd had an operation so I chose to be a train driver instead and uh now I see it as something positive I've turned it on its head and the reason why is because, yes, I am all of them. And, yes, I've succeeded in everything I've put my mind to. And I have a voice and I can help and I want to help. And so I am, you are now looking at a proud box ticker. Darling. <laughs> I
0: love that and I'm really looking forward to We Are the Unheard podcast. It's going to be an incredible space that you hold for people to share their stories, share their journeys and be the role models that you want to have out there. People to see is possible that they do have a choice, that they are able to aspire to who and what they want to do in life because you are going to have the showcase for them to do that. And and you are going to become heard. All the people that come on your show are going to become heard, they're going to become visible. So salute you,
1: Eve, absolutely well done. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. There'll be a lot of tears, I'm sure, but beautiful yeah beautiful stories
0: tears are needed I think more tears are needed again it fits into the whole concept of being honest with yourself being honest with society and showing you know the true side of us we were talking about those moments that we don't share those the the topics that we don't speak about and again you know why why do we hide our tears what is that about you know let's bring those out and share them and, and embrace what it means to be passionate and what it means to have purpose
1: yeah I completely agree 100% thank you so much
0: well you know started this recording you were worried let, let me have a, let me sort of put the background out into fuzzy so that when I was like don't worry it's just the yeah. voice
1: <laughs> oh pink-faced and teary-eyed lovely this is my true self yeah, people can't see that; they can just hear your snotty nose. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mind if they see me. You
0: know. No, it's fine. It's just because it is. It is, I predominantly, I do put this out as audio only, but it's really important, Eve. It's really important that your message is heard and that we, you know, shift that bias, change the narrative, and really. Um, you know, make the conversation as visible as possible. And that's why, you know, we're sharing it today on this podcast, because yes, my podcast is more established than yours. But, you know, at this point, it's my, my, we can use this as a vessel to, to get your message out there. And then when yours is up and running, you know, you will be passing that message far and wide and i'm really looking forward to as you talked about it you know what those ripple effects are going to be what the butterfly effect is going to be for you so yeah
1: bring it on thank you so much and and thank you for doing this because you're doing your part as well do you know what i mean you're allowing me a platform to to speak um and this has got nothing to do with race you know i just like I said to you earlier, I don't see colour, I see goodness in people. And, you know, we've met through, (laughs) you know, we didn't even know each other. And, you know, already, I know you're a beautiful person. And so thank you so much. I love your podcast and everything that you're doing. Because again, you're, you're finding people's why, why are they passionate? Why do they want to do the things they do and make change? And it's people like that that we need in the world. So thank you
0: absolutely it's the mutual appreciation society <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but from 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 the perspective of instigating change as i said and and making sure that people are able to feel that they can speak up and also have the the the, the vehicle through how they can speak. Because I know when, when last year happened and Black Lives Matter became much more prominent, people didn't know how they could speak up. They didn't know what they could say, what they couldn't say, what they should say, what they, they were afraid of not saying. And that conversation I had with with Keith last year was very much a case of just say something. Be, be there, be present and don't keep quiet. And again, your message again is have the conversation.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. Well, Eve, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I am oh, sorry to say that our conversation has come to a close today because I know that there is so much more. we And, and as you said, you alluded to a whole new podcast talking about you know, <laughs> cognitive behavioural therapy, talking about you know, growing up and all sorts of things. And I'm sure there will be opportunities to to hear those stories on your podcast. So bring that on as well. How would people get in contact with you? How would they support the We Are the Unheard campaign?
1: So if people would like to purchase a t-shirt, I also have support t-shirts as well. Um, If people don't feel unheard, they can still support on my website, which is www.peakmusic.uk. Also, we are the Unheard uh, Instagram, Facebook, Peak Music UK, Insta, Facebook, and Eve Horn uh, Insta as well. uh, And Facebook, you can find me everywhere and on YouTube. (laughs) brilliant well all of those
0: all of those links will go into the show notes so they'll be able to contact you thank you so much Eve it's been an absolute pleasure having on the show do you have some final words for
1: the audience first of all thank you for having me and my final words are believe in yourself and don't let anybody put your flame out shine bright
0: If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.